Welcome to 2024. With the 2024 election on the horizon, the wars in Gaza and Ukraine, and numerous other foreign policy and domestic news stories, it's never been more important to stay informed. The DSR Network has you covered, with experts across all of these stories, to bring you the analysis and commentary of the stories that matter. Later this month, the DSR Network will introduce the TNR Daily, featuring Greg Sargent, formerly of the Washington Post, and a close friend of the show. Don't miss a moment of our coverage. Become a member of the DSR Network today. Members receive exclusive bonus content, the opportunity to attend DSR live events, a members-only Slack community, an ad-free listening experience, and more. For the month of January, receive 50% off your first year of membership. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSR2024 at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSR2024. Thank you for your support. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm David Rothkopf, joined as ever by Chris Cottmore. How are you doing, Chris? Wonderful. Thank you. Excellent. And Riley Fessler. How are you doing, Riley? Doing very well. Excellent. We're going to give you some uh, headlines from around the world, maybe a little bit of analysis to go with the headlines. Let's mix things up today and have Riley start off. What's, what's your lead story today, Riley? Shocking results from New Hampshire uh, is what I'm sure no one is saying, as Donald Trump won a clear and significant victory over Nikki Haley again. And the headlines I've seen are that this is not surprising, but it did fall short of Trump's strategy of hopefully just knocking Haley out of the race right after this one. Haley has vowed to continue her campaign, saying that she wants to go pretty much all the way. Um, despite the fact that Trump's campaign secured endorsements from people like Tim Scott, uh, who is, of course, the senator from Nikki Haley's home state. The amoeba from Nikki Haley's home state. He is (laughs) an an invertebrate who is like, oh, I love you, Donald. I mean, I love you, Donald Trump. Uh, Even though Trump Trump said, hey, what's going on here? Uh, We have here Tim Scott, and and he's gotten married. Nobody expected that was going to happen. Did you see that? He like humiliated. He humiliated. <laughs> and and then Tim Scott's like, I love you, Donald Trump. Um, the, I mean, it's weird. I mean, the the way the Republican Party is falling in line with Trump, and by the way, the way others are. You know, Jamie Dimon last week and and Davos. Uh, and by the way, Ed Luce, our our Ed Luce, who will be with us on our main podcast later today. Uh, wrote a great column today in the Financial Times about how Wall Street is falling into line with Donald Trump. And it's like, nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to remember what he did. Nobody seems to care what he's promising to do. They're just like, hey, we could have higher profits and, uh, you know, uh, we could be on the winning side, get more power. It's just um, nauseating. The only good news for people out there is that, uh, in uh, among independent voters, um, Trump did very poorly. Uh, Haley whooped him among the independents, and that may not matter 
so much in a primary where Trump won, although he won by about half as much as everybody thought he was going to win by. Um, but it'll matter in the general election. If independents don't want Donald Trump to be president, he will not be president. Uh, they're, the, they're the swing votes, and they at least uh, remember what he did. Um, so, I mean, did you sit in front of the TV last night, Riley, and watch the returns coming in? You know, I didn't, but yeah, I maybe no. should have, even no, though we have. all kind of knew exactly. exactly what was going to happen. No, it was just complete bullshit. Was, you know, the uh, cable news is out there. It's a horse race. Let's look and see what's going on. And and it wasn't. You know, the you know this was this was going to be the outcome. It's not important. New Hampshire's not important. And then everybody was like, "Oh, and Joe Biden wins the primary for the Democrats." Except his name wasn't on the ballot. There wasn't a primary. It has no effect on the number of delegates Biden gets. It was just made up. They're, these people, they just want to get Steve Kornacki out there and see his khaki pants and have him point to a chart, and, you know, and, and because that makes them think like they're doing something. Um, anyway. His sleeves uh, rolled up. Sleeves rolled up. and, and He's at the and, board, you know, doing yeah. his thing. Although I was talking to somebody the other day, and I, I, I told you there was an interesting story behind the scenes with Steve Kornacki, because there's a sense among some people that Steve Kornacki leans a little right, and 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 in his you know objective presentations of just the numbers, um, uh, has sometimes uh, not been entirely fair and equitable. Um, in any event. You certainly did not sit up late last night watching this, Chris, because you're watching the world. You're looking, you're like on the internet, you're calling people around the world to see what's really important. What what did you what were you paying attention to? Um I was paying attention to my Z's probably at uh at around that time to be no, honest. I just provided you with this excellent segment so you could go to your next story. And instead, all our listeners now know that you sleep at night instead of preparing insights for them. But I wake up very early for very, them. Very early. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, true, as the actually. alternative. Which it actually, which actually is true. And what did you discover when you woke up? Um, I discovered that uh, Russian authorities reported that a military transport plane was shot down or exploded or crashed uh, in the Belgorod region. Um, Russian authorities, of course, claimed that the plane was shot down uh, by Kiev by Western missiles um, and have vowed an investigation. Uh, Ukraine officials haven't publicly stated, um, you know, what their views are but that, you know, they caution against the spread of misinformation. I think about a week ago, we were lamenting the fact that people weren't paying attention enough attention to Ukraine. Uh, and what but, did the Russian authorities say was on the plane, Chris? Oh, my gosh. Killing 65 Ukrainian uh, prisoners of war. Um, that was Al that uh, key Ukraine piece of information. Yeah, that was a key piece. Um, there, the, the, uh, the, the Ukrainians, at least some people on the internet have suggested that that was not what was on the plane that was on the plane was weapons and missiles. Um, and, uh, there's no evidence that there were, uh, uh, 
dead uh, uh, in prisoners of war uh, in in the in the uh, wake of the crash. But we'll have to watch because the Russians lie, and uh, the Ukrainians have been known to bend the truth a bit when it suited them. Uh, so this is one of those stories that is likely to gain um, momentum as we get through the day, but is also likely to have zero effect on the continuing um, uh, conflict. Uh, it's just you know it's the kind of thing that happens. Riley. Well, dire news in Ethiopia as uh, leading experts say that the region is pretty much on the precipice of a famine. Um, The UN has estimated that over 20 million Ethiopians need food aid uh, with a critical situation in the Tigray region where 3.5 million people require aid. And it's really a perfect storm of reasons for why this is happening. There was a civil war beginning in November 2020. Uh, that led to widespread destruction, including theft and destruction of food sources and livestock and displaced 1.4 million people. Uh, The region has been suffering a drought uh, since then, and it's especially troubling as now is really the time where food supplies are supposed to be the most abundant, given that their harvest season is November. So the fact that they're already having food troubles now really does not bode well for the rest of the year. And the other main problem is that when this happened before in 1984 and since then with food aid, there's been a severe problem of getting food aid to the people who need it and either federal troops or uh, government officials taking the aid and either selling it or just using it for themselves rather than getting it to the people they need it. So really serious problem. Um, there's not really an easy solution given those problems of getting the aid there. So unfortunately, it's something that we'll need to watch. Yeah, it's a, I'm glad you brought it up. It's one of the many humanitarian catastrophes that are currently occurring around the world that do not get uh, anything like enough attention. Um, and uh, while you know international aid agencies would like to be helpful, a situation on the ground makes that tough. So, uh, you know... Uh, you know, it's worth keeping in mind that uh, while we focus on, you know, elections that don't mean anything, um, lives are, are, are being lost and, and, and societies are coming unraveled uh, elsewhere on the globe. And, uh, you know, the richer countries in the world, including us as the richest, ought to be doing more than we're doing. Chris? Uh, French farmers are protesting across the country, and in Brussels, they're voicing their frustrations over low wages, excessive regulation, rising costs, and what they view as irrational agricultural policies. Protests um, marked by roadblocks and symbolic acts, like turning road signs upside down, represent a significant challenge for France's newly appointed prime minister, uh, Gabriel Attal, and his government. Um, Again, He's inherited um, a pretty difficult situation, uh, but um, you know France is in a position where they they have to address these issues. And listen, don't piss off the farmers. Um, you know, when I was in the United States Department of Commerce as the deputy and then the acting undersecretary for international trade, we would talk about global trade and we would talk about imbalances. 
and we would talk about what was sort of the most inequitable situation out there. And, and one that was high on that list was European agricultural policy, because European farmers got so many subsidies. Uh, and while there are a lot of regulations, those French farmers are, are, are spoiled like members of the children of the Trump family. Uh, they get so many breaks. Uh, not that they're not working hard, um, but it is very, very disruptive to ha- having anything like a level playing field in terms of uh, trade in global agricultural products. So, um, you know, this happens periodically anytime, a- anytime that, you know, the you know EU ag policy, which is the goose that lays the golden eggs for these people, uh, is threatened, or French agricultural policy is threatened. They're in the streets. Uh, I can't say I'm super sympathetic, Riley. Well, uh, Germany's federal constitutional court has revoked public financing and tax advantages for a neo-Nazi party, uh, Die Heimat, uh, which. Is not super significant in and of itself, given that the party has very low supports. They ha- only had 65,000 votes, which is still 65,000 too many. And the most recent election, uh, which was only 0.5% of the vote. Um, they've tried to ban this party twice before, just outright, uh, and that has failed on the grounds that they were not significant enough to represent a actual threat to the Constitution. Uh, but... Uh, revoking their public financing and tax advantages has been celebrated by um, Olaf Scholz and other figures in the government. And it really comes into question of whether this will have any effect on AFD, which is the far-right alternative for Germany party that is expected to make significant gains in upcoming elections. So it remains to be seen whether this ruling will lead to a similar ruling for AFD, given that they are also far-right. Uh, we'll see. Germany is certainly upset by the rise of the AFD. These giant demonstrations that have taken place there in the past few days have been in protest to the rise of the far right in Germany. Um, Germany, of course, better than perhaps any place on the planet, understands the consequences of right-wing groups like this seizing power. Uh I think, uh, you know, uh, given that there is a movement to elevate right-wing groups like this in places like France and in Italy, uh, uh, Hungary, where they have seized power, and Poland, where they were in and still are an issue, you know, um, uh, uh, and other countries in Europe and the United States and Brazil um, and India, I, uh, you know, and Russia, I you know, I think we uh, we need to watch these things very closely because there tend to be kind of global trends. And if Germany can successfully push back, or if the United States can push back later this year, uh, if 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 the the right suffers defeats and the you know uh, fifty or sixty elections that are taking place around the world this year. Um, uh, then it may lead these political leaders to, you know, seek another formula to, to by which to gain power. But uh, uh, we we clearly needs to watch it extremely closely because the opposite can happen. And if the right gets greater power, then we are going to have, you know, less freedom 
uh, uh, less prosperity, uh, uh, fewer global connections, and more tensions. Chris? The United States conducted strikes in Iraq targeting uh, facilities used by an an Iran-backed militia group uh, in response to attacks against the United States and coalition forces. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, said that these precision strikes were a direct response uh, to hostilities in Iraq and Syria. Uh, The latest actions also included strikes against the Houthi anti-ship missiles in Yemen as part of broader efforts to counter threats in the region. Um, Iran has come out, or their national security, Iraq's national security advisor, excuse me, uh, criticized the strikes as a violation of Iraq's sovereignty. Um, Lloyd Austin also mentioned that they will continue to fight um, against these forces, but hoping to avoid uh, a, a wider conflict, which, as we go through the days here, seems to be um, a, a very difficult task. Well, it's a difficult task, but on the other hand, there have been 150-odd different kinds of attacks against U.S. Uh, troops in and around the region or uh, U.S. or allied vessels in the sea. And, you know, you can't just sort of shrug them off. You've got to do something about it. And so it's walking a fine line. It's responding to those. It's letting those uh, who are involved in the attacks know that they will pay a price. It's seeking to disrupt the supply chains that support them um, without uh, leading to an escalation, or in fact, as a, as a way of avoiding an escalation. Because surely if one of these attacks um, took a, a high toll, uh, the pressure for a broader kind of war would go up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's very clear the administration's trying to walk a fine line on this. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that the attack was on a, a facility um, manned by uh, Iranian supporters. The Houthis are um, supported by Iran. Um, some of the uh, Israeli attacks in you know Lebanon are targeting Hezbollah, supported by Iran. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, all part of what is clearly a proxy conflict, you know, including Hamas, between Israel, the United States, Western powers, and the Iranians. Um, and uh, uh, right now it's on a knife's edge. And uh, with some luck, it can be managed. Um, uh, but nobody dare turn away from it because uh, one you know, it's one strike, one, one high toll um, uh, activity away from uh, tipping into something much worse. So is that all you guys have got for us today? It is indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, no, well, look, uh, we're moving onward and upward uh, uh, here in the United States with elections. We'll continue to cover those. Um, and uh, we have our main uh, podcast, the uh, uh, the mothership of podcasts, the one that we started seven years ago with Rosa Brooks, Corey Shockey, and Luce. Um, uh, and that one will take place this afternoon. We'll take a, a, a look at... Um, uh, the, the conflict in the Middle East in some depth with a special guest. 
and then we will continue to explore all of these issues as we go forth throughout the week. So join us then. Keep going back to the DSRnetwork.com to find more or, you know, wherever you are subscribing to podcasts. Because each and every day we get a couple and the number's only going to increase. For now, bye-bye. Have a good day. Stay healthy.